Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Ning. Joyce, we've been so busy this week. You've seen so many movies. Just, I've uh, seen so many movies, and I still have multiple movies left to see this week. We're recording this on Thursday. Today's the only day this week where I'm not seeing a movie. <laughs> so incredible stuff, which means you've actually seen so many of the things that we could. We've actually now have. I like, know. <laughs> both seen the things, so I wanted to. We're gonna we're gonna start with Dune, uh, which uh, came out last week on HBO Max in theaters, did really well in theaters, surprisingly, seemingly a large format uh, success in IMAX. But for us, Joyce, uh, my take is that Dune is going to have the most nominations of any movie this year. After seeing it now, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think that would be a surprise to anyone. And I think even like way before, even like last year, when it was supposed to come out last year, a lot of people were forecasting that. And now having seen it, like... I'll be like, yeah, sure. It could get like 10 or something. I don't know. Is that weird? I don't even, I'm not even like calculating in my head. I think you're right. So like basically it would be uh best picture, best director. I got both of those. So far. Yes, those are not below the line. And then we've got uh, every tech category. And, and according to our, our, our experts odds, seemingly agreed. Yeah. So like I, I, I did like the below the line categories last week, I think, I don't know. I don't know what time it is, <laughs> but Too many um, like before, before the movie came out. And I think I put Dune in like first place on like four of them already. Right. So. I, 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 it's hard to imagine it not getting like a multiple nominees and multiple, multiple wins, honestly. Like I think it could win sound for sure. I think it could win score because I think, like you said, it's one of Hans Zimmer's best. It's so good. I know it's a short list, but it's it's really good. I just love that score. It could win uh, visual effects based on like the competition. A cinematography apparently is very high up there. Sure. I, I could see that winning. I mean, that's like multiple ones. And then, you know, I think there'll be a big push for Denis to win best director. Though I don't think he will because obviously Jane Campion is still like very far out in front. I could see it being like a, you know, Alfonso Cuaron gravity type situation where it's like, oh, we're going to, it's it's like a, a big, a big moment for a technical achievement and maybe it wins there. I mean, that's like four or five Oscars right there. Or do you think it'll be like a Lord of the Rings situation and like they'll wait until like part two to give it to him? <laughs> I was thinking that, uh, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think so, but maybe. I, so obviously this week they announced part two. It's a funny thing when, so when you watched it and then when I saw it, I, I'm, I'm, you know, to humble, I saw this months ago. So I'm so, uh, so you're, you're just so ahead of the game, such an influencer <laughs> here. Uh, no, but I saw it a while ago and it was like, I had no, I had no idea about anything about Dune. I never read it, never saw it, never had any interest in it. I understand it's like the foundational text for like, most of the science fiction stuff that I've grew up liking, like Star Wars and all these different things that just yeah, like I've never read the book either. So boldly rip it off, Game of Thrones, like it just rips off everything that is popular has basically ripped off Dune, it seems. But still, I never saw it, never read it, and I was watching it, and I was like, wow, this is a really long movie, and also like a lot is happening, and I'm very curious to see how they're going to wrap it up, and then it just ends in the middle of the movie, and I was like, I hope they. Uh, I hope they come up. Uh, it was, I was of two minds. I was like, wow, I really am curious to see how this pays off because it ends. Uh, and I don't even know if you could spoil Dune, like we said, because the book is like 50 years old, 60 years old at this point and whatever. But like, it ends with like Timothy Chalamet's character, like finally, uh, like at a point where he will 
kind of maybe ascend further in his journey, right? Like it's like he's gotten through like the first half of the movie. It literally ends with, uh, I think, uh, Zendaya's character saying, this is only the beginning. And then it just ends. Well, well first he also says desert power. <laughs> desert power with the sandworms. We're going to ride some sandworms in the second one. Uh, anyway, I was just like watching. I was like, wow, this is such a perverse ending because if they don't make another one, which they had not greenlit, uh, it would just be like, really like, wow, I can't believe they just ended this movie <laughs> in the middle. So I mean, even though like part two wasn't official, you you knew like it was going to happen. Like, well, I didn't. Like- here's why I didn't think it was because I, and I think we mentioned this, like, I don't know if we, I, we either talked about this on one of these or like just in real life. But I was like, why wouldn't you do them both at the same time? I understand why they didn't. Like, obviously, like, they didn't want to stay. Denny Villeneuve has done interviews where he's like, Warner Brothers was into the idea of two movies, but they didn't want to, like, put out in front, like, all that money for two movies. And also, he has now said, like, he wouldn't have wanted to do two movies because the burden of making one was so difficult. I think, like, two would have been, like, too much work, probably. And now he's got, like, two years to make it. But at the same time, I'm like, we're conditioned nowadays to know that they make these movies, like, back to back or, like, very much, like when there's a two part thing, right? Like Avengers, they split in two, but I think they shot it all basically at the same time or relatively speaking. And like, you know, a lot of these, I think Harry Potter, they did that. Like, it just is like the thing that happens because you have this big cast and whatever. So the fact they didn't do it, I was like, maybe they're really not going to do this. And who knows now, like if this movie needed to make a lot of money to get a green light, uh, but it ended up doing okay. Certainly okay for like now. And honestly, like, Tell me what you think about this. I was surprised at how well it did because even last year before there was a pandemic and like people weren't going to the movies as much, I was like, who's going to go see this movie? It just seemed like not a thing that would do really well, even though it's like a big block. I, I do think there is like a hardcore like fan base for just like Dune in general, like book readers. And then I think combined with a lot of, you know, just like general like film Twitter people who are excited about this. I think like it's like they joined forces. I guess so. And then, and and then it's like you know the theatrical experience and everything. And right. So, so we talk, I think, we talk, I think you, it was helped by that. And you, you I, I don't know. I don't know like how many. Like I feel like it, it could be like maybe like front loaded and like opening weekend because it's like the hardcore stands are going to go see this opening weekend yeah. and support it. So I don't know about the legs. I agree. You can you. watch on HBO Max. So I watched on HBO Max and I, and I enjoyed watching on HBO Max. I don't need to go to the theater to see this. I would say like, I, I mean, based on like historical, very, there's no, not a historical precedent here, but based on how other movies have performed when they're and people might be listening, this is like really in the weeds, but I'm like, it seems like the movies when they are released at home and in theaters, the second weekend, when you'd have people who maybe didn't go the first weekend or didn't want to watch and if it was a normal movie, they'd be like, oh, I guess this movie is pretty good. Right. If you were on the fence to see Dune and then you didn't go the first weekend and it was only playing in theaters, you would be like, oh, people seem to like it. I guess I'll go check it out. Now you're just like, oh, people seem to like it. I'm just going to watch it on TV because I have it available to me. So like usually like they, the movies drop precipitously in the second weekend. So I could see that happening for Dune as well. But now that they greenlit a sequel, who cares, I guess. And they're just going to say, like, you know, it, it's existing. Yeah, and, and and it's not like the views on HMX don't count for anything. So, right. It's right. just like we don't know the exact numbers because they don't release anything. They just like count something like, oh, it's the most watched, like whatever, whatever. on like sure. one day this week. <laughs> right. And I mean, I feel like people who uh, would not watch it have probably watched it. That's the other thing. That's the one I, I'm a big I like going to see things in theaters. But I'm like, the one nice thing about this is like, like my in-laws watched Dune on HBO Max. I'm like, they never go to the movies. They would have never watched it in a million years. They maybe would have watched it like a year from now if it was on HBO. They would not have watched it like the opening weekend, but they did because it was- Yeah, like I think it's just, you know, like especially with the pandemic, like I don't think you should be bullying people to see this in a theater when they have the option of watching it at home. Sure. And also like, I don't believe that like a film loses its inherent value just because it's not seen in a theater. Cause if you think about it, we watch more movies at home in our entire lives than we do in a theater. Cause we like, we watch our favorite movies at home. We discover old movies like at home, like movies we, that were released before we were even born, we watch it at home. So I don't understand this whole, like, obviously watching in a theater is a grander experience, right? but watching at home is completely fine. And if you can't appreciate a movie at home, then maybe 
the story wasn't good to begin with. So that's fair. I would say, uh, but Dune though, I was glad I saw it in the theater. That's what I would say. I, I was, I was happy to see that one in the theater. Um, but again, I saw it months ago because I'm so cool. It's very, yeah, you're yeah. so, you're so cool. And so, now it's going to win 10 Oscars. <laughs> 10 Oscars. No, but it could, it, it definitely, I mean, so like even, it just seems like a lot of Oscar nominations, like definitely like nine or 10 are in play easily. Right. That's before, I mean, I assume best picture and best director are kind of like also in there. I don't think it'll just be below the line because even if people don't like love I it. Think, I think with picture being a hard 10, yes. it like, I don't think it's winning best picture, no, but no with, with 10 and it's not a sliding scale anymore, it could definitely get in there. Yeah. And I think Denny is like, the director that people want to give a nomination to for whatever reason, right? Like he got a nomination for Arrival. It feels like this is like a, it's just like, he's like kind of written in as like a nominee. And I think other directors really appreciate him as well, which probably help his case. But then I wrote about this this week, kind of on a lark. And I want I want you to laugh in my face, but is there any, beyond all those nominations, is there any chance that it gets an acting nomination? And the only two people I would say who could possibly get nominated even though it's got an all-star cast, no one is really in it that much except for Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson. Timothy would be for best actor and Rebecca Ferguson for supporting actress. Any shot on that? So you floated this uh, last week in our column. Yes. And I basically said no, (laughs) because, well, this was specifically about Timmy and my, like, you know, argument still stands. Like if Charlize Theron couldn't get in for Mad Max Fury, uh, Fury Road, like I don't really see him or Rebecca getting in really like no offense to them. Like, you know, good job. And I, I, I mean, like Rebecca's obviously supporting, but she, I, she kind of like faded away towards the end while, you know, like Timmy took over with the fight and everything. So, right. Um, but yeah. And I also feel like even, cause I feel like this, uh, acting nomination discourse started over this weekend when it came out and people could see it. Mm-hmm. And but if you think about it, in like the past couple months when the film was like screening and like all the reviews came out, like no one was like singling them out. Like even like Ben Affleck got more notices <laughs> for the last duel. <laughs> it's true. And like I, saw, them. <laughs> I think I think the only person I saw maybe was like Ann Thompson. I think was like very enthusiastic about Timmy. Uh, after she saw okay. it, I think, way back in August. <laughs> but I will say that you could tell, like, I mean, they're going to push. Re- I mean, Rebecca has been, like, the most out front person, I think, in the cast. Like, for, like, a lot of the, like, this is, again, maybe, like, overthinking it. But I'm, like, a lot of the video interviews that they did and, like, like TV interviews were Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet, even though Zendaya is in it for, like, eight minutes. They, and- they gave Zendaya the Tom Hiddleston press tour treatment when yeah. he went all over the world for Avengers Infinity War and was killed off in the first five minutes. So. Yeah, incredible. Uh, so he's the, so yes so, so she's not in it really so the two of them were like all over the place obviously makes sense put them on tv they're very photogenic and people like them but then rebecca ferguson did all most of the print stuff i feel like and like there is definitely like a you know who's good rebecca ferguson and we like her type of thing going on the funny thing is i actually think the problem is that best supporting actress feels like too competitive almost already. And I just don't know if she's going to be able to push through. I think if anybody gets a nomination from it, it would be her because again, like I'm like the Lord of the Rings thing, right? It was like Ian McKellen was the only actor to get nominated for return of the, um, for fellowship of the ring. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, obviously it's Ian McKellen and whatever, but like, that is like the kind of part I think that gets nominated and she is not, if she's, She's not like the Ian McKellen of Lord of this, but she almost is because it's like, she's like the, the mystical, whatever. I don't, again, I don't really know much of like, I still don't even know what they are. She has some kind of like superpowers or whatever. Right. Like, uh, I, I think she like needed like a really memorable moment as well. Like she's like right. very consistent throughout the movie, but like, you know, Ian was Gandalf. Ian was Gandalf, so it's like a little yeah. different. I mean, and it's like Lady Jessica maybe does not have <laughs> Lady Jessica maybe not as much name recognition broadly as Gandalf, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I I guess the only way I could see it happening is again if like Dune is getting like ten nominations, and again like we're like we I think we said this last week like a lot of the movies, I think we said this about maybe we're talking about like French Dispatch or something where it's like you're going to end up like 
we're all like holding places for certain things because people haven't seen it or like you're like oh this coming movie is going to be like a big deal and then when the movies finally come out if they're not good or the performances don't like stack up to our expectations or whatever uh you're going to go back to the earlier stuff that you know and already saw and like be like oh well I'll, i guess i'll go back to you know rebecca ferguson maybe for dune and i just wonder if that'll happen here i don't again i don't think so i don't have her in um, but I don't think it's like, it's a long shot, but I think it's like less of a long shot than like some others. I could just see it happening. Like if you have like, I mean, I don't think she'd get in over and out and bless mass, which is a great movie, but I'm like doing with the power of the nominations, it's big, like just loudness and like cultural imprint versus like mass. Is there a world where like that ends up just being like, Oh, Rebecca Ferguson got in because like, it's just such a popular or. I mean, I, I would say she probably has like like as even a shot as like and no just because of the visibility of right the visibility that's the word choice and then also like like we've talked about before and like what like my feeling about mass is that like i thought like all four of them were great and like you know before the movie had like come out or you know like within the past month like people have been talking more about martha plimpton and when i watched it i was like why was no you one were, talking about martha plimpton you were you were ahead of the curve on that one i've noticed that a lot since we've talked yeah about it, actually because yeah. like the whole conversation for like the last nine months was like end out all the way and like right. she's been in first place and it's like it, it made you feel like she was like the standout like mvp when like all four of them are great right and i agree i, I don't so. disagree the other and just back to Ch- timmy quick uh <laughs> best actor we've got you know will and denzel benedict cumberbatch everybody's kind of got them like really strongly penciled in almost in maybe oh going over in an ink at this point, and then maybe like Peter Dinklage or uh, Andrew Garfield or whoever else, Bradley Cooper. I could almost see Timmy making it. I I just I don't know. He doesn't do it a lot in the movie, right? Like it's I don't think it's a bad performance. It just is like the character is like like it's like Harry Potter or Luke Skywalker. You're not yeah. Like, oh, so like well. like like narratively, it's just like you're just like things just happen. It's like people talking and then things happen. And it's like the characters themselves aren't the ones like directly like driving the action really. Right. And it's a lot of stuff like like, happening to him. That said, I'm just like, I don't know. He's such a magnetic personality. Does he get in like on just like the fact that it's like Timothy Chalamet and people like him? I mean, I think if like the Academy were like his stands, like, yes, but I don't like, (laughs) I, I just don't know if this is like the acting coattail nomination. And again, like if like Charlize who had like, like Charlize was raves. Yes. And a much bigger, like emotional, yeah. I felt like a much bigger emotional arc. And like that, that carrier that year was not that strong either. Right, like, right. and like she couldn't get in. Yeah. I guess I, the only reason I'm like not counting, I wouldn't cross off to me is that like, it's just, it's not a weak category by any means, but I'm like, there is a world where those like, after those top three, it gets a little muddy. And like, maybe the fact that he's in like the biggest nominee and the biggest like blockbuster best picture contender based on like what we've seen so far, at least does that like kind of push him in? I I don't know. I I do think he is someone who needs, like he's not someone who could like stand or like get in on his own. Cause like, like I mentioned, like last week, you know, he was snubbed for beautiful boy and he was literally going to be the sole nominee for that film. Cause Mm -hmm. it like didn't go anywhere. And he, he, hit all the precursors and then was snubbed right for a like best picture coattail like really baity like transformation performance by sam rockwell as bush in Mm -hmm. fights you know and and it was like the reigning champion in that category right so i like so i think the advantage for him this time is that like dune will be a bigger player obviously so he's not going to be a potential lone nominee that i think is that would be the big thing and i mean like you like you said like it doesn't like I don't remember. I, I like remember his scenes. Right. But I'm like, I don't remember anything where I was like, I don't know. There's no like Os- there's no Oscar real moment. Let's yeah. say, right. Like or like, generic, like what would like, his clip be? <laughs> I think his clip would maybe be the scene with Charlotte Rampling. That's been mean to death where he has to put his hand in. Yeah. He's doing a lot of acting. And that's like I was like paying attention more to her. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, paying attention. I kind of was like. So in that scene, he's talking to uh, Charlotte Rampling, who's like an elder. uh wizard or I, I don't know honestly i'm sure people watching this i'm like you're just such a, a bozo from the dune stuff but i don't really know uh i don't know i, I don't know like i i couldn't spell half those names 
But she's died. like a very important person and she's testing him to see if he's like a bell, like if he's going to be the, just when she puts his hand, he has to put his hand in like a box and it's going to like shoot incredible pain. And if he pulls his hand out, he dies basically. Okay. Um, and he doesn't die because it happens at the beginning of the movie. Um, and I was just like watching. And I'm like, wow, that's like, how would you act like putting your hand in, like he has to pretend that he's in a lot of pain. I just was like very impressed by that. Cause I was like, wow, I really buy that he's in a lot of pain, but like he's just sticking his hand in a cardboard box basically. <laughs> Yeah. And that's not something you can isolate for like a, you know, 20 second clip. And like, no, really but it's a really, people. I thought it was like really impressed with it, but it doesn't really yeah. have a lot of, uh, not a lot of Oscar real moments. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, we'll see. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think, I think the smart money would say like all the tech nominees, perhaps best picture, perhaps best director. And I don't, it's not in there according to our experts, at least for adapted screenplay. I mean, that category still seems. I I thought the script was like the weakest. Yeah. And it seems like that would be the consensus. So like Mm -hmm. probably not going to get in there unless some of those other movies that are kind of under consideration, like really flop, I guess. Like it's like, yeah, right now, according to our experts, it's in seventh behind power of the dog Coda, tragedy Macbeth, nightmare alley, lost daughter. It's possible that those one, one or two of those flop. It's not the deepest category. After Dune, it's like passing the humans, Cyrano, the tender bar, and the last duel, a couple of Ben <laughs> Affleck twofers. Um, I don't know. I, I, I could see it not getting in there, but who knows? Um, yeah, I think that category would be the one I would have in, in last if I were to like rank its chances and yeah, category. Same. Um yeah. And any, any, anything, else? I mean, nobody else like Oscar Isaac, I like has no, I don't, none of the male actors have any supporting, I think juice necessarily. They're just not in it very much. No. I don't think anybody's bad. Jason Momo is actually awesome. Uh, but I don't think he's in it enough. And like, <laughs> he is not probably. Jason Momo who... is just like Jason Momoa. And I don't say that as a bad thing. Like yeah. he's just Jason Momoa. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm so in on him. It's really good. He's, he's so much fun. Um, so Dune, there we go. So you can watch it now on HBO Max. Uh, and if you haven't watched it yet, please watch it. Cause I think it's pretty good. Even though, I don't know, I might be in a slight minority. I don't know. People seem to like it. There's some, there's the reviews are okay. I think they were good. And I think it'll go pretty far. The uh, reviews not so good on the other end choice for uh, the other big movie that we both saw this week. We didn't sit together for this one. I was we didn't. There were, there were a lot of people at that screening. <laughs> uh, Marvel's Eternals from reigning best director winner, Chloe Zhao. Uh, Joyce, what do you think? <laughs> it was okay. So I had, um, I wouldn't say low expectations, but I was like managing my expectations for this movie. And I didn't like read any reviews. Like I, I saw like the, the mixed reactions to it, but I didn't read any reviews. I don't usually read reviews anyway. Um, so going in, but you know, it's just like the, obviously it's like they're launching, they're trying to like, if this is like a, like a, a guardians like experiment for them, you know, cause that was, that was kind of like a risk. And that mm-hmm. worked. And like, this was also a risk and uh, it, it did not really work. Um, so as I was just saying before we started recording is like this, it's, it's not a movie like structurally, like plot wise, the plot doesn't start until like literally the third act, like the final like CGI battle, because this is not a spoiler at all, but it's like the entire movie. It's just like them getting the team back together. Like that's not a movie. And I, I love that trope of getting the team back together, like, you know, especially for one last job, like all caps. Great. And, but that's a montage. Like one yeah. of the best ones is in B2, the Mighty Ducks. Tell me about but, it. Okay. Have you not, never seen it? I've seen it. I just haven't seen it in a very long time. Okay. I will link this. So like okay. everyone can watch this. Do not tell me we haven't seen it. Cause I'll just break my heart. No, I've seen but, it. You know, so like Don Tibbles, like once, Gordon Mame to like coach Tini Basse because you know he came back after uh he injured his knee in the minors so then he has to go recruit the ducks so then he does the duck call like beneath like Charlie's window and then he's like you want to play some hockey so then it cuts to this montage of like Joshua Jackson in his like OG ducks jersey you know number 96 and then he's Mm -hmm. just rollerblading all around Minneapolis to pick up the other ducks you know like into like Mall of America um, into this like really weird, like, I don't know this like date that like Connie and Kieran, but it was like 
like this like industrial like water like area but anyway picks up the ducks and it's just like a great montage but like you have you've, you've seen this a lot in movies you know and if it's a montage. montage it they get it done in like i don't know like 15 minutes in like the first act you know like right. we saw in an end game when they were planning the time heist great they try to get tony he says no they get bruce tony comes they get clint and thor and right. then they get on with the show right this movie it's like like two hours of it is just them going around the world, getting the others, the other Eternals, because they've dispersed over like the last 7,000 years. And then it's just repetitive because they try to convince whoever they're getting to come on and like figure out why the deviants are back. And then they re-explain everything. <laughs> it's a, it's a no. tough, it's a tough beat. I'd say, uh, yeah, my problem, I'll tell you my problems with the movie were twofold. So I went in actually uh, opposite of you. I went in with high expectations, not because of the reviews, but because of Chloe Zhao. And I know maybe that's unfair to be like, Oh, like I'm expecting this movie to be more than a Marvel movie or whatever, but I'm like, they hired this incredible filmmaker before she won an Oscar. Certainly. But like, and still, who, like who she's like a self-described, like Marvel fanboy, fangirl. So she's like a big Marvel fan who is like, I would say, I mean, like, no offense to any of the other filmmakers, but I would say like maybe the best filmmaker they've ever hired, right? Like, like technical wise and like, just like vision, like a, a real, whatever you think of the word auteur, like she is like, that is like, she's like got a whole vision and like a very specific style and all these different things. And I'm like, wow, people have been knocking these Marvel movies because they're like cookie cutter or whatever. I really enjoy that cookie. So I'm not knocking it, but I'm like, oh, like they brought her in. She's going to put her like, her stamp on this world and you're going to really feel like the Chloe Zhao-ness of like the Marvel-ness of it, right? Or whatever. And so I was expecting a lot of that. And I think in like the first scene, which is the one that like, I think Kevin Feige has talked about the most and like kind of got dunked on because he's like- You mean the first scene after the crawl? Right. So first there's about 30,000 words of crawl to set up yeah. this movie. That's like a very long, uh, longest crawl I've ever seen in a movie, frankly. And it starts in the beginning. So that's how you know you're in for it right away. Yeah. Then it cuts to the first scene and it's uh it's 5000 BC and they're in Macedonia and it's like they're on this beach and these it's a beautiful I know Mesopotamia. Like, Mesopotamia, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And uh cliffs and all these different things. And it's I think it's the scene certainly where like Kevin Feige was like, and she shot it in like a real location. Everybody dunked on him for like still still doing it, uh, to make fun of him for for like talking up a real location rather than doing it on like an Atlanta soundstage or a London soundstage. Um, and that seems really cool. And like, I was like, kind of like into it. And I'm like, oh, this is good. And then, yeah, like the rest of the movie, I didn't feel like there was very much of her at all. I, 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 I kind of, I, been, I was texting one of my friends about this, the scene that I was like, oh, this is not going to be what I had hoped it would be is very early on. Uh, Gemma Chan and Kit Harrington are playing uh, boyfriend and girlfriend right now. Gemma Chan is an eternal Kit Harrington is a, a, a character who is, uh, has Dane a history. Whitman. What's it? Dane, Dane, Whitman. Wh Dane Whitman. Right. Uh, and they're like at a bar and it's like his birthday or whatever. And like, they're in a, they end up in, I think like a bathroom or the back of the bar. And they're like, kind of like, she gives him a gift and they like, kind of like have a conversation. It's really a nothing scene until like the very, very, very end. It doesn't really have any kind of payoff, but it's just like a scene. And I was like, I kept thinking of like the way that scene was shot and like the, Versus like Francis McDormand talking to the the boy on the side of the road in Nomadland when he like bums a cigarette off of her. Do you remember that? Like, and it just was like the way she shot that scene in Nomadland, which is again just a conversation between two people. There's like some, there's like not a a, a sexual energy in either of them, but it's just like a a comfort level or like you know whatever. It just is like oh, and I was just like the the contrast between those two scenes. I was just like huh, this one in Nomadland was so much better and I got so much more out of it than like this conversation here. And I was like, if this scene is rough or like just like totally anonymous, then like we're in trouble for like the next two hours of the movie, basically. That was my thinking like during the movie. I was like, oh boy. Um, yeah, it just was like really, I don't know if it was not Chloe Zhao and she wasn't the best director, the, the reigning best director champ, maybe I would have been like, it was fine, you know, but I, I don't know. I think just because I was expecting her, I was just expecting much more based on how they like promoted it and like her obvious skills. I, I was just disappointed, I guess. I mean, I, I think there it were like, uh, or still are, I guess, like people who have like high expectations because of her. And I think there was always this, 
like quote unquote fear that because like she's now in the Marvel machine, like she won't actually get to like be herself. Cause we all know that like Feige, you know, has his hands and like everything, you know? Um, so it, it's, I won't even say like, it's the movie's formulaic cause it's not like any no. other Marvel movie. It, I, it yeah. tries, but it's, it's just not like, a good end result really i think what you were saying is true too it's just is like it's not even like beyond like the filmmaker like beyond like how it looks or whatever i'm just like the story is just very much it's just a lot of fits and starts and it just feels like i'm trying to think back like i don't know not to compare it like you compared it to like i'm just thinking guardians it just was like much more easier it was easier to wrap your head around the characters that's the yeah. other problem is i think just in the inherent flaw is that they're like gods a thousand year old gods who have been on earth forever and like it just is yeah they've they've tried to explain away some things and you really need to suspend disbelief (laughs) and it was just hard for me to just suspend even in a world where i'm like i'll totally buy uh everything that marvel has done right like that i'm i'm in the snap sure i can under like all this stuff yeah, but when you have like thousand year old gods who have just been here under the surface, basically, or not doing stuff, or like you know, it just is like it's just a harder pill to swallow. And I think like I don't know how they like I at the end of the movie, not there no spoilers, but I was just like, what are they? How do they? How are they going to add these people, the Eternals, to the rest of what goes on going forward? And like, how is this going to be like? I don't know. How do they like reconcile what happened in the past and also what happens next with this group and how do they fold them in? It, I just can't, I, I don't understand how. Yeah. Like they try to like excuse some things away. Like, you know, like in the trailer, they have like the scene of like Salma explaining why they didn't interfere with Thanos. It's cause like deviants weren't involved. They only interfere when there are deviants. Right. So it, but, it just doesn't hold water. So I would say as a, yeah. If cause there's, yeah. Them, like if, when, once you see the movie, there's like other like revelations yes. in it. But <laughs> I, I think like the other thing is like with Guardians, it's it was also like a smaller group. And like right. narratively, like you understood like what was happening, you know, like it, like everyone had a purpose. And like, yeah, like their purpose here is to like figure out why the deviants are back, but they just take way too long to get there. Yeah. You know? And then there's also 10 of them and it's just, that's a lot of people and we haven't met any of them before. So I I feel like it it would have like behooved them to maybe like intro, like a couple of them in like phase three, you know, like they've done before with like previous new characters. I thought that too. And I also thought like, maybe this is the case where it could have been a a small prequel TV show or something, not to like denigrate the theatrical, yeah, yeah, theatrical. Yeah, they, they could have like introduced everyone in like a limited series. It's funny. I was on Twitter. I saw James Gunn saying that like before Guardians, they had talked about they had done like short fit like Marvel one shot. I remember Marvel one shots. They used to stick them uh, on the physical. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, and uh, they had come up with Marvel one shots for the Guardians cat like characters because they were concerned that people wouldn't like understand them. So it was like a Rocket and Groot one or whatever, like a Nebula one, and like he they didn't end up doing it. I don't think he said or whatever. But I was just like this could have maybe helped benefited from that. Let's say, I, I just think like a little. Yeah. Little Cause more. like this group is even more like esoteric than guardians, like the Eternals. Yeah. Because again, like with guardians are like, not to like make it too basic, but I'm like Peter Quill. Uh, okay. He's like Indiana Jones. And then you have like rocket raccoon. He's a talking raccoon with a machine gun. And uh, Groot is a giant tree that can beat people up. And in this, uh, a lot of the Eternals, I still don't understand how their powers work. Not to sound like a total nerd, but I'm like, how do, what, what is your power exactly? And like, they uh, explain I mean, well, it. Especially but, with um, like Cersei, like it's very vague. Yeah, Cersei is played by Gemma Chan. She's basically, so yeah. basically like the leads of the movie are Cersei and Icarus, who's played by Richard Madden. Um, and then everybody else is kind of supporting. I would say of the biggest surprise for me of the cast was probably... Uh, I don't know. I thought Angelina Jolie was actually pretty good. She's not in it very much. And I also really liked uh, Don Lee who plays Gilgamesh. I thought he yeah, was- Yeah, and like their characters have like a good rapport. Really fun. And I, I also like, uh, and Kumail Nanjiani was also really good. Uh, not in, and nobody's, nobody's really in it that much, I guess. I don't know. Like that's the other thing. It's just- Well, because they have to wait until they get to wherever they are so they can pick them up. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah, let me curious. See, the reviews have been like, I'd say a little rough for Mar. I definitely think it's like, it's probably, who knows? But I'm just like, I'm sure when Kevin Feige was like, yeah, we got Chloe Zhao who's this great filmmaker. And like, again, now off the Oscars, like I'm sure they expected the reviews to be slightly better. I don't think it's do it like it's Rotten Tomato score is certainly like one of the lowest it's ever for Marvel. I saw this morning, um, but who Rotten Tomatoes also doesn't mean very much. But I'm like, it definitely has not gotten great reviews, especially after like Shang Chi had like some of the best reviews of Marvel ever. So I mean, yeah, I think it's like with that. I think it's also like expectation reality as well with right. Shang Chi. Like they, you know that wasn't directed by Chloe either. Like, I do think like people had high expectations and, and yeah, like, like I said, like this is, it's not formulaic. And I, I, you know, like do respect them for like trying something different. Um, But like the story just like wasn't there. And also there's like five credited writers on the screenplay, including Chloe twice because she did a draft by herself and then she co-wrote it with somebody else. So a lot of, a lot of hands, you know, in the kitchen there. Yeah. So, uh, probably not, uh, from an award standpoint, Chloe, probably not making it back for a round, uh, a second consecutive best director nomination. I, I mean, like what, I guess, I don't even know about visual effects. So it's up according to the experts, it's up there for visual effects. It would be, let me see. It's running second behind Dune. The other contenders here for, according to the experts, are Shang-Chi, Nightmare Alley, Sight Unseen, which is just LOL, I think, um, and Matrix Resurrections. And then down the line is like Free Guy, No Time to Die, Spider-Man, which is still coming. I mean, it's, a, it, I don't know. That, that category has the potential to be like, I don't know. I, I, I could see it. A lot of these movies are seamy though. Like I was looking like, Eternal, so much of the stuff at the end of Eternals. Did you watch Tomorrow War on Amazon? No. Chris Pratt. A lot of the, like the monsters in, in Tomorrow War look like the deviants. I, I don't know. It just is like, the CGI is like getting very, uh, not samey, but like, it just is like, once you've seen one CGI monster, you've seen like mm-hmm. a lot of them. So I'll be curious to see if Eternals makes it. I mean, like, it's not the biggest, like, category this year i mean like godzilla kong i guess could be in there i don't know um yeah like marvel usually like it's never one visual effects um, right but it usually gets like a nominee in there and i mean i i could see the nominee you know like no one's seen it i could see it being spider-man me too. It just seems like that would be the one. They have to do like the de-aging with multiple people in there. <laughs> that I mean, and Shang-Chi, it's got like a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of visual effects. And like the ending is like a big, a uh, lot of dragon, like just monsters and dragons and stuff. It's like kind of like a, you know, a lot. It doesn't look the best, but it, it does have a lot. So how do you think, I mean, Eternals comes out next Friday, November 5th. So yes. like, how do you think it would, I think it'll still like open well. I, I think, think it'll open well. I, I, it's hard for me to, so like from a, from a pandemic box office standpoint, it's like, okay, Shang-Chi did awesome, but there was like a lot of hype for that. And I think people were really excited for it. Right. Like it seemed like, like a thing that everybody was into. And then like, no time to die did okay. And it's kind of continued to stay strong. And then Halloween kills is like big and venom was, so I assume it'll be like, I could see it being less than venom again. Cause it's so long. It's like got the bond problem where it's like two hours and 40 yeah, like minutes. Two, yeah. And there's, there's a mid credits and a post credits, which are the best parts. Frankly, I was into those, both of those, not to spoil anything, but they were good. Uh, I was like into it. There are, there are spoilers out there. If you go look for yes, them. Yes, <laughs> uh, there are. Um, I don't know. I think it'll do well. I think, I don't even know it. It's hard to know what's even well anymore. I'm sure it'll open really, it'll be the big movie next week. And like, everybody's going to go see it because it doesn't, I don't think the reviews matter. Like you were like, probably no, like Marvel is like somewhat like review proof, but yeah. I think like the reception just like critically to this might make them, I don't know, like maybe like take a step back and like, you know, think about like, like what's next or like, is this like, the limit of yeah like i don't know their powers i don't know i don't even know what word i'm looking for there but like they i i do give them credit for like trying something different and like trying to introduce these like 
new characters that most people are unfamiliar with and and it's not really tied to like the main MCU storyline. Yeah, I mean all of like I on paper I actually don't think it's still like a miss. I think it's too big and like yeah, the way they executed it I would I hate I hate doing this like and people do this all the time. Now so I mean I'm also doing it. I'm like I hate being like I would have maybe done this different cuz I just think that's like the worst cuz we're not making it. But I'm like it, personally I would have thought like I don't know, it maybe there's a like you were saying like there like another way to go about the intros or like how do you set up Yeah, like I I understand like why they made the choices they did, but it just yeah did not come together well and then just like things should have just been edited differently and like cut together differently so do you think uh so clearly like there'll be even no matter how it there's no chance there won't be another one i don't think like i mean even like even the movies that maybe were like not the best marvel movies end up like with this like, like thor one and two <laughs> and so then like the thor third one, one is the best one Right. And then the Ragnarok, they kind of like reset, but even I'm thinking like, even like, so like personally, like, I don't think that Dr. Strange or Captain Marvel really work that well either. Like this is for me, Eternals was like in that range of like, personally don't love those origin stories. And I think there's like a lot of cool things in them, but the overall movies don't work. And so like, I think it's interesting that both Captain Marvel and Dr. Strange, the sequels are like seemingly doing like they're adding other characters. They're like, kind of like, changing the focus a little bit. And I wonder if Eternals, will they be like, not like, oh, we'll stick Eternals to Guardians because it doesn't even really make sense. But will they like kind of like, I don't know, will they like kind of retrofit some other thing or like throw some other characters in there with the Eternals for Eternals 2? I have a heart. Obviously, we'll have an Eternals 2, I think. They'll just definitely do it. Yeah. But I'll be I, I don't to know see what they do. like what they'll, I mean, I'm sure they already have like phase five, like planned out. Or, oh you know. yeah. Yeah. So I have no idea what they're going to do, but do you think uh, a, a corollary to that? Do you think Chloe Zhao comes back for a sequel? Um, Nothing you say here is you could have to be, you could be totally I, change your mind. But. Right now I would just say no. So, I mean, it, it also depends on like when they date it for. Right. So according, I think she's got a, uh, the next thing or she earlier, like, I think before the Oscars or yeah, she was announced to be directing a, a, a Dracula movie. Yeah. The, the, so it's uh, like, she's going to have other stuff going on. So she then, needs to right. clear her schedule. <laughs> right. So it's possible she wouldn't come back. I was like trying to think like, if this is like, I, w- I was like, oh, if, if she doesn't come back and this is like their filmmaker franchise where they're like, oh, like we want to hire like a kind of like a director with like some kind of style on it. Not that the other directors don't have style, but I'm like, I wonder who they would even replace her with or who would, I, I don't, I couldn't even think of it, honestly. Like, I have no idea. It could be anybody. And especially because it could be set anywhere, I guess. Right. If they're in space or here on earth or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. And now with like the multiverse, they could like, they don't even necessarily need to be connected to like the main story as it's long true. as they feel like they're in the multiverse. <laughs> it's incredible. Marvel, uh, Marvel. Incredible. <laughs> they can go anywhere they want. Yeah. It's so, incredible. Incredible. Stuff. Yeah, I know. And then like, I mean, I, I do hope that like the sequel will be better because now like they've they've like established who these people are. So like they got out of the way because I, I do feel like they felt like like not pressure, but like they felt like the obligation to, you know, introduce all the Eternals, 10 of them again too many a lot people, of like a lot of people there and make you like, you know, try to connect with them. Like you get, you get a lot of like backstory on all these characters um, and like where they are today. Um, so now like people are familiar with them. So like, hopefully like that, that was just kind of like, you know, rough, like baby steps to like establish right. the foundation. The one thing that was before we wrap up, the one last thing I thought about this was like, Oh, another thing that like people dunk on for Marvel is like when they're like in the, uh, in the preview press tour, like all that, the, the building up stage, they always are like seemingly picking other movies or other genres that this movie is like, right? Like, so it's like Black Panther. I was like thinking like, I remember Ryan Cooler being like, yeah, we were inspired by like the Godfather and it's like, LOL. But also like, I could see that when you watch Black Panther, right. Or like, you know, like Parallax View for Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier or whatever. And with this one, I'm like, they really didn't do a lot of that. Cause it just is like you said, like, it's so, it's hard to even describe like what it is. And there's no like easy reference point. Like it's not a heist movie, even though they have the montage of getting everybody back. Oh my God. It should have been a time heist. Come on. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know, maybe like, 
not to make it too simplified, but I'm like, maybe Marvel works best when they actually can just be like, this is going to be our blank movie. And we're going to just like put it in this box and then like do that movie. So like, you know, Black Widow was their born movie. And it just is like, this is what it's going to be like. And you're going to watch it with those expectations. And you're going to walk away being like pretty good born movie. Right. Or Shang-Chi is going to be like, you know, uh, whatever. It's like, I want a lot like Black Panther, honestly, like same kind of like reference points probably you could have, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm like, maybe Eternals needed more of a, a box to be put in maybe. And like with Chloe Zhao, I think they were like, we're going to go outside the box and kind of like blow up what we normally do. And maybe that it needed a little more to bottle the ends. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't, I also feel like not to say like she's incapable of directing like a big budget movie. Cause I think she can. And it's like, this is not like, like a complete turd or anything like no. it's, it's it's fine yeah it's just like it it could have been better and you know like there are like parts of it where like it is like intriguing and like you kind of want to see like what more she can do if like the story were better um but I, I was also thinking like you know like her resume like her previous films like they're very minimalistic obviously they were all like indie films and I was thinking like what if she had directed Logan, <laughs> you know? I was, yeah. Like Logan would have been like really cool. And like, especially like thinking like, of like the Dracula movie or whatever, it sounds like that is like similarly like Logan-y where it's like a sci-fi Western, right? Like Logan yeah. is kind of like a Western, obviously. I mean, listen, we got Selma Hayek on horseback in a cowboy. Yeah. Hat, so. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Like, I think, I don't know. But at the same time, like you said, she's like a big Marvel fan. Like, obviously, like, you know, she probably had her, not her pick, but I'm sure she was like excited about the prospect of doing this. But I agree. Like, I think like if it was more of a minimalist take or whatever, maybe that would have been cool. I mean, I would say like if she came back for the sequel, I would be not disappointed. I would like, like to see. No, I I would just be like, I want to see, because now we know who these people are. So I want to see what like an actual like movie is like yeah i think so too and i think like you could i think she would do a really cool job with it and hopefully like you know we'll see uh i mean it's like it sets up a sequel so yeah i mean obviously it would be i can't even imagine a world where there isn't a sequel it just is like they're going to keep making these movies forever and like they didn't cast like all these really good people uh to not have them do another one yeah and like the cast is like it's good um, he is great. Everybody's yeah. really good. I really love, like you said, like Kamal is great. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry, I thought was good. Um, I really loved Kit Harrington. He's not in it very much, but I was like excited about it. I thought he was like very charming. Let's say he did his part. And then yeah. obviously the theater chuckled when he and Richard came face to face. So that was funny. And then another thing that made me laugh is that he has to say Cersei like 3000 times. It's like, what are the odds yeah. that Kit Harrington is in another thing? Where I mean, it, it's spelled differently. So. It's spelled differently, but it doesn't sound different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that happened. And yeah, but yeah, like they were, they were all good. Like I thought Richard did great. Um, and yeah, like Angie and Don Lee, their relationship was good. And then like, like Kumal's like character can go, he, he has become, this is not a spoiler because he's talked about it. Like he's become a Bollywood star and then really fun. Yeah. And then he has his, like his, uh, I think it was like his ballet turned like calling it a ballet. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) So he's good. Really funny. They have him doing, yeah, he was really quite good. And I was like, Oh, Again, not to like, I mean, I don't even know. The way Marvel works, you're conditioned to like think ahead and like also like, oh, I was like, boy, it would be so fun to watch like Kumal with like Tom Holland. I think their energy would be so funny, like really good together. It's like Spider, like, I don't know how they would get Kingo and Spider-Man into like the same movie. The multiverse, obviously. (laughs) Right. I I was just like, all of the, I was like, oh, this would be fun. And like, yeah, I just thought like uh, Aquafina thinking of like Shang-Chi and like, Oh, getting like her in with like, so, like, it just is like, I think there's like a lot of the cast is like really good. And like definitely the strength of the movie, but, and I also thought the score was pretty cool. It was uh, another game of Thrones vet. Uh, uh, yeah. Ramen. Yeah. Ramen, uh, yeah. Yawadi, so that's right. Uh, really good. I was like, and the whole time I was like, hmm, this is like a little different for Marvel. And I wonder who the music is. Cause I really loved. Yeah. Like I was just like, Oh, I really love this. And it was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. So yeah. Good for, 
Yeah, they they took a chance with this and it wasn't a, a complete like home run like Grand Slam. <laughs> right. And I guess the, the the devil's advocate would be like they're at this point they could take chances because it's more. Oh yeah, totally. And I think people would be like annoyed if they didn't, you know, because like that's always been like, you know, an issue with like the critics of like the MCU. It's like it's the same movie over again. Like you said, like cookie cutter stuff, but it works. Right. I yeah. wonder if like you're saying, like, I don't think people like I think. I I would I caution myself like trying to talk for like regular people, but I'm like people are gonna go see this movie and just be like that was cool, right? Like I think most people I don't know like people are gonna yeah. be like, you know, if like not it's not like Nomadland was a movie that like millions and millions of people have seen. Let's say even though it won Best Picture and Best Director, it's like a smaller movie that you know a lot of people haven't seen, and certainly many of the people going to see eternals have not seen right and they're gonna have no frame of reference for for chloe Zhao, and the less people have seen the rock you know what i mean like her it's not like her her films are widely watched so i'm like if you're just like going with like that without any kind of like expectations like you were saying or frame of reference you might just you're gonna probably gonna be like hey that was a cool marvel movie i like like the you know i like the sword fighting and like all the laser eyes and stuff and i had a good time so i think people like audiences will probably be fine with it i think Critics maybe were obviously a little more. Yeah, like like us in like the media will overanalyze everything. I don't yes. know why, but we do. Yeah, yes. like <laughs> so. we'll like nitpick everything, but like just yeah, like some of my friends like they don't care. Like they just go see a movie and then they just forget about it, you know, afterwards. Right. But like if I mean, I think like the hope is is like if someone sees this movie and they like really really love it, like they'll go back and see what else Chloe has directed and maybe watch those. Yeah, so. that's always a great way. Please go watch Nomadland. It was really good. Uh, so if you're watching this and still haven't seen it. Um, Joyce, anything else before we head out? What else were we going to talk about? I think that um, was it, maybe. I, I don't know, but we have a lot to talk about next week. We could talk more about Eternals next week. When, like, we can talk bit. more about Eternals next week. We have to talk about uh, Spencer next Spencer, week. Spencer, which I finally saw. Great. <laughs> um, we could talk a little about uh, everything else coming. A uh, lot of... A lot of good stuff. You know what else I'd love to talk about? We didn't even talk about this. Uh, the Harder They Fall, which I saw, and it's on Netflix next week as well. And I, I greatly enjoyed. Uh, it's a good. How's How's the Jay Z song? So the other problem, one of the problems is I couldn't. I honestly could not uh, pick out any. There's a, wow. like a lot of songs. Okay. There's a lot of songs, and I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm like, I need, I need this. I think the soundtrack comes out Friday. We're recording this on Thursday. So the soundtrack is out on Friday. I promise I won't listen yeah, to you're, it. You're going to hit up Spotify at midnight. I will I will hit up Spotify. I'll report back. But I was like, boy, I don't know. It's not as prominent as the Beyonce song. That's for sure. That I wasn't able to pick it out immediately. So, so Beyonce won so far, Jay-Z zero. I think so. <laughs> we'll see. Choice. Uh, this is fun. We'll talk next week. Bye. <laughs> for all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com. Follow us on social media at Gold Derby. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.